Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. And not everyone's favorite landlord, Charlie Chuckwagon Morning Footy Davies, because thankfully, Charlie is still cancer free. He had uh, some cancer issues back in the day and he got scanned, he got checked, Heath, and all is good. So he had some very important things to take care of today. We're very proud of him that he is still yes, Chuck. on the cancer free path. So, yes, Chuck. Positive vibes. I really, I think we should take credit for it, Heath. I feel yeah. like the positive vibes of this podcast and of our community is just is just infiltrating the positivity in his body to make sure he remains cancer free. We absolutely love it. That yeah. said, that said, Chuck is not going to be free from giving Enjoy us that. his roster. So we have his <laughs> roster to break down, and since he's not here, we can totally make fun of him. And I'm looking forward to that. But we are making roster predictions for the Nations League and the Gold Cup. We're talking the U20 World Cup. We're talking the U.S. Open Cup, which is now down to eights after a couple cup sets this week, Heath. And we're talking about a few must-see games to watch this mm -hmm. weekend. So we're happy that we're hanging with you and you're hanging with us today. And are you ready for this, Heath? I feel like we got we got a pretty lively show going on. We do. We got a lot to a lot to cover, but I'm uh, I am uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. We got uh, I'm 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 excited. It's actually we'll, we'll get into it actually. So I'll leave it here. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Cool. We'll leave it at excited from Heath Pierce, everyone. <laughs> yeah, so I'm so we'll start excited. here. We're going to go with Matt Crocker, the new sporting director for U.S. soccer, confirms that Anthony Hudson will be the coach of the U.S. men's national team through the Gold Cup. All right, so we've now changed the show to In Soccer We Trust to In Crocker We Trust. You guys yeah, like, oh, it? I like that? Of course I like you that. Did. You did. In Crocker We Trust. I have it written behind me as well. So this is what Matt Crocker had to say. We intend to be thoughtful and thorough in our evaluation and our selection. The plan is to conduct a series of interviews in June and narrow down the list of candidates from there. He's talking about the coaching position. We will engage the finalists in another evaluation activity. And our aim is to have our new coach in place by the end of the summer, although it is possible that club circumstances could impact the timeline. Hot diggity dog. Interesting. But in Crocker, we trust, okay? And then uh, some other news. FIFA approves Timothy Tillman's chance, or excuse me, change of association request, so he's now available to represent the U.S. I think that will impact our roster selections here, Heath. And uh, that's that's pretty much all I got for the news. Uh, we're going to go Nations League first. Okay, that's what's first on the calendar, Nations League roster. I'm going to turn it over to you now, Heath. I want to know. Also, I should, I should mention what wasn't in this quote 
is that Anthony Hudson has said previously, and I think he confirmed recently, that they're going to be two different rosters. So the Nations League roster is going to be kind of like last time around, going to be heavy, probably on the European-based guys, and the Gold Cup's going to be a mix and match, I think, of some European-based guys and some domestic players. And, and I want everybody to take that into consideration before we start yelling at us in the comments. But Heath, I'm going to let you sit in the hot seat first. So take it yeah. away. Who's your nation's? And then maybe we just read them out. I'll read mine out. We'll look at Chuck's and then we can kind of talk about maybe some more of the specifics. Okay. Yeah, let's go to mine. Let's do it. Um, yeah, so this was actually, I, I, I did my whole summer off of the 60-man roster because it just felt like it made the most sense, right? Sure, of like, sure, this sure. is the pool that I'm going to go with uh, okay. in, in, in this one. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll get. That's a nice preface. That's a good yeah. preface. I'm I'm ready. I'm getting I'm getting comfortable right now. I'm grabbing and a so, snack. I I don't think there's anything really crazy. Uh, but I've got in goal. I've got Matt Turner, Zach Steffen, Ethan Horvath. Obviously, I think Ethan Horvath continues to prove that he should be getting warranting what he does day in and day out to get an opportunity to be the one on this national team. I think we know the one is Matt Turner. I think in a big game like this, it'll be Matt Turner. But I do like Ethan Horvath. Uh, continuously putting pressure on uh, Zach Steffen, who obviously fell short in the playoff, and then Matt Turner, who's not playing with his club team right now. Okay. Um, Matt Turner's one that, uh, and um, actually, we'll get to that later on. But defenders: uh, Mark McKenzie, Chris Richards, Joe Scally, okay. Serginio Dest, Austin Trusty, Walker Zimmerman, Miles hmm. Robinson, Anthony Robinson, and DeAndre Yedlin. Yedlin. I've got, I've, I've got, I've got, yeah, I've got Yedlin in this one just because it's a two game, and I think that if you're the national team and you're saying, should we use him for the gold cup or should we use him for this? Like, let's bring in a guy that you know that you can throw in in a bind and okay. there's no mystery. So when I looked at the, the players available beyond uh, Yedlin as a right back, there was obviously Scally who could cover it left back. This is the 23 uh, man roster, correct? 23 man roster. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I was, I was a little bit torn on the, the back line just because of the fact that Mark McKenzie hasn't played well in the national team. But Mark McKenzie's playing really well for his club team right now. Scoring goals, doing well, being dominant. Um, Chris Richards hasn't played at all, but he's one where I'm like, is... I, 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 I wish I, Charlie was here. He'd be rolling your eyes about whatever you're about to say about Chris Richards. What I'm saying... But he plays for Crystal Palace. Yeah. He plays for Crystal Palace. It, it's my, like, I'm it's channeling like, my inner Chuck. It's, it's he plays the, for Crystal Palace. It's the like whatever guy on 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 Twitter that always attacks us for like why don't you guys use a like a sliding scale of the quality because Chris Richards is not playing but at least every day it's like yeah but like just because I I I I hang out with a doctor doesn't make me a better doctor you know what I mean like you 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 still got to do the work uh, and he's not doing the work um, right now on the field so but 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 when I thought about Chris Richards I was like. Uh, I guess to preface the entire summer Jimmy is I looked at it like you you can't have it all. We know that they're going to play with almost two entire teams. Um, and, and so uh, my preface was that that we um, – where are they best fit? If you're a coach looking at it saying they need to be back in preseason or I can use them now, they need to have a break, it. that sort of thing. So I have Chris Richards in this one so we can get back to his club or get the rest that he needs to go and compete for starting sure, spot. Sure, Joe sure. Scali in this one. So Junior Dess already said that 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 lineup. Midfield, Eunice Musa, Luca De La Torre, Weston McKinney, Brendan Aronson, Kellen Acosta. Acosta, that one's me. Yeah, I, I, this was another one where it was like it was one or the other, and I was like, could he be used to close out a game more valuably in this one than uh, than than the uh, Gold Cup? I thought sure, so. Sure, so sure. Christian Pulisic, Tim Timoea, Giorena, Zendejas, Balogun, and, and Ricardo Pepe. I went really lean on the actual strikers because I was like, why bring in 
a Josh Sargent if he's not going to play in this one because I think he's clearly three in the depth chart now. So use him in a, in a gold cup, if that makes sense. Okay, no, that makes sense. I, I want to make sure everybody knows, too, that there are some injuries. Tyler Adams unavailable, Tim Ream unavailable, Malik Tillman unavailable, Cameron Carter-Vickers unavailable, Daryl DK unavailable, just so if you're looking for those names and don't know where they are, most of them should be injured. Coming back from an injury, it's probably not worth risking them at this point. All right, let's take a look at Charlie's roster. I'll rip through these. Same goalkeepers, Turner, Stefan Horvath. Defenders for him, Des Scally, Robinson, McKenzie, Richards, Austin, Trusty, Anthony Robinson on the left. Midfielders, he's got Tyler Adams in there. If Tyler's back, obviously, he's an easy choice for this, but I don't know if he will be. Or I don't it's know if more he about be. matches played even, to jump into a game like that. You totally. Know. I don't even know if it's worth risking him, honestly. Uh, Eunice Musa, De La Torre, McKinney, Brendan Aronson, Tillman. Timothy Tillman. He gets into Chuck's Nations League squad. Uh, up top or up in the front three, Pulisic, Wea, Reyna, Zendejas, Taylor Booth, Balogun, mm. and Ricardo Pepe. I will say very quickly, because I don't have Taylor Booth in my Nations League, but I have him in my Gold Cup roster. I, I don't think we're going to see valuable minutes for Booth in either one of these games. I'd rather see him over a longer period of time, and we'll get into that, because I think the Gold Cup ends up being extremely valuable in that way. Now let's take a look at my Nations League roster. Agree with all of you on the goalkeepers. Here's my one difference. I got John Brooks. I was surprised he was in the 60-man Dude, I, I put him in, and I took him out of both of them, just thinking, like, if you bring him in, what's his role? If you take him out, what's his role in the next tournament? I, I, I ended up removing him in the end from the Gold Cup, but keep going. I have him. So I have, I, I don't have Walker Zimmerman in. I think he'll be part of the, the uh, Gold Cup. I have, so Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, Chris Richards, Serginho Dest, and Joe Scally, John Brooks, and Mark McKenzie. I got Brooks in. I was surprised to see him in the 60-man roster. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I don't know if you need him for a whole month. And I think this is going to play into a lot of the Gold Cup decisions. But over a week or 10 days, let's bring him back into the team. He started to pick up his game, gotten a lot sharper. Uh, playing for Hoffenheim under uh, uh, Pellegrino Matarazzo. And and looks like they're going to stay up. So so everything's kind of on the up and up. Why not bring him in and see what it looks like? So I got him back into the group, and we'll see what happens. That actually happens. Yeah, Musa McKinney, De La Torre, Kellen Acosta. I got Cardoso in. And the reason I bring him in, because he was part of the last Nations League uh, roster. But he was a late call-up, right? He was. A late he, was he was. But I... I there are other players that I maybe would have considered, but I think they'll be part of the Gold Cup, or I hope that they are. And then up top, I got Balogun, Pepe. I got Sargent in. Uh, Pulisic, Aronson, Wea, Reyna, and Zendejas. So so just a couple different wrinkles, but Brooks probably my biggest uh, exclamation point in, in some capacity. Okay. So I'm looking forward to, to reading some comments uh, about this. Yeah, so I, I think when I look across all three, the, the, the main like standouts are, obviously, we've all got Chris Richards, which to me is interesting because i mean obviously we'll have we have our own starting 11 predictions as we get closer to the game we get yeah. more news about the team but, but but the goalkeeper is interesting for me yeah uh, start if we want to start there but go ahead and go yeah, ahead. yeah. Okay, start start with goalkeeper like i i this one to me was like more of I, I was thinking through the lens of like who needs both tournaments and out of the three of those i was like well it's not matt turner he needs to get a move right? Or alone. He's not it's, getting the move, it's, though. Zach Steffen needs the move. So can we get him consistent games through the summer to get the move that he needs? Ethan Horvath, depending on how it all shapes up for him, probably needs a break, right? After this many games. Uh, and he probably wouldn't think that within the national team. But after well, this many games in a year... If he, gets, if he wins this weekend against Coventry and gets promoted, then he'll be flying high and be like his, his vibes will be off the chart. His vibes will be off the chart. But to me, it was like more of like <laughs> you know how it is like you've gone through 48 games in a season or 60 games that he's played. However many he's played this year, like 
you also need to prep for the next next season, right? Need a little sure, bit sure, of time sure. off or rest before you go straight into the next season. So I was weighing in this summer, having been through this summer of what it's like, uh, having been to a year where there was a Copa America and a Gold Cup and how the rotations and all that stuff works. So that's my thoughts on. Gold uh, yeah, I, I Turner's the number one. I know, but like it's going to be interesting because I think it's starting to edge closer with Turner not playing as much. Stefan, not yeah, but you know the goalkeeper one is like the steady. I know it's the one know. where it's like that's a that's a feeling, and it's not sure, always sure, the sure. same. It's like you haven't played in a year, and I've been playing every week. Like right, I've right, got right. a legitimate shout as a defender, uh, a goalkeeper. You know, sometimes there's just a little bit of that, like no one's pushed him out. You know, well, it's, it's kind of I'm curious. It's kind of similar to Scally versus Dest, right? Are you going to start Dest? Or are you going to start Scally, who's been playing more regularly? I don't know. That'll be interesting that's, to see what happens yeah, on the right side. I played a ton either. Anthony, you got you got Chris Richards. You know, do you go with a, a trustee or Miles Robinson or Zimmerman? Or do you think Brooks will get the start? Yeah. I'd be inter- really interesting. I don't know if you bring Brooks in, do you roll him out against Mexico? Like, is that, you get to throw him right back into it after no. so far? I, I don't know. There's a lot of questions around it, but I kind of just thought I was really surprised to see him in the 60 man roster. So yeah. here we are. Yeah. And, and maybe that was your acknowledgement of, hey, we notice you and that, that we're giving you well, that. But, but I don't know. It seemed more likely to me um, uh, that that um, yeah, it seemed more likely to me to bring him in back into the national team fold for a Gold Cup, a tournament where he can show that leadership over multiple games That's than the fair. big games. We, I could see that. I could. We've see that. seen him st- actually struggle in some games uh, with the national team in the way that we play. We see him dominate in certain situations in the Bundesliga in the way that he's been playing recently. Um, so it, for me, it was more like bring him back into the fold with another group, be a leader, a veteran in that group. And like from there, can you then yeah, like get earn, him re- back? Re-earn yeah. his spot. Yeah, in, in a weird way, because we don't actually know what's happened behind closed doors with Greg and whatnot. But like yeah. to me, it feels like earning your way back into the into the mix of it all with a, with a new opportunity and potentially, you know, obviously a new fresh coach. Yeah, I, there's a lot to unpack here. And, and also, I don't know who's going to start in the six. You know, Kellen Acosta is probably the the most familiar with this particular group, but uh, is there room for somebody else? I don't think they'll start him. I still think they'll do a Musa McKinney um, and and figure out from there. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. And obviously, again, we're gonna we're gonna break this down uh, in more detail as it gets closer, and it's getting closer. And then and then uh, obviously Balogun, I think starts. We had this conversation. Um, no. Yeah, I know you don't think you will, but but I think you got to roll them out, dude. You got to roll them out. All right, let's get into the Gold Cup because because I think there'll be a little bit more to unpack here. And hit us up on Twitter, ISWT Pod, if you want to discuss any of the stuff. Me and Heath will jump in there. Drop us a follow there too. That'd be great. But Gold Cup rosters. You want me to go first this time, Heath? Or yeah, or? go ahead. Uh, no, actually, I'll go. I'll go. I'll you go. go first. Okay, go. Heath. Okay. Heath, back on the hot seat. Heath Pierce, yeah. everybody. So I actually had a couple carryovers here. Um, yeah, you gotta have. I think you have that for a few. Uh, I did not have Slanina in this this one. Um, I'm trying to see, is this one That's, actually mine? I don't know. This must be Chuck. This my. This is mine. I think. Is this yours? Yeah. I wait. I no no because I didn't have Sergeant in my. This must be Chuck's. Yeah, this must be Chuck's because it's got okay. Paxton. I didn't have Paxton on on in any of mine. Um, okay. So well, we could we could read Chuck's producer Alex. If you just want to throw that back up again, no problem. Is this? Yeah. So this was Chuck's. Yeah. Okay. So Wait, here's no. This has some differences. Paxton's higher up on the list, so I'm not sure where 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 it came. I don't from. even but know. This is Chuck's. I... What we'll, we'll call this Chuck's. Okay. Okay. Gaga Slonina, uh, Sean Johnson, Drake Callender. Yeah. I'm in on that for goalkeepers. No problem. Yeah. We got we got Paul Ariola as a defender. So Chuck's already drunk with this one. Uh, got Yedlin, Ariola, Zimmerman, Palmer Brown, Tolkien, Brian Reynolds, Jalen Neal, Matt Miazga, Dijuan. Juwan Jones. Yeah. Uh, he's got Pomi Call, Aiden Morris, Tanner Tessman, Ledesma. I like those. 
Tyler Boyd. I don't know if the Galaxy is going to let him go. Georgie Mihailovic, Kellen Acosta, and then up top, Ferreira, Vasquez, Jamo Smooth, Jordan Morris, and Josh Sargent. So, mm. yeah, I think I think that's. I think I have all three of those goalkeepers, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, this will really trigger Chuck. Chuck, if we rip him for a roster that even is even isn't even his. Well, I do feel. I know exactly. I do feel. I do feel a little bit uh, guilty when Chuck's not here as a member of our show. That sometimes I we 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 kind of like spend an hour talking about him, you know. Uh, but that's just yes. the reality of not. It's the reality. Know, He's got to show up. up. He's got to show up. Um, yeah. So, do we want to get to to? Well, maybe I do mine, and then yeah, and yours, then yours, and then yeah. you can just say where. Okay. So I got Slanina, Sean Johnson, Drake Callender. Uh, I have Trusty in this one, as opposed to the Nations League, and I think I want to see him over a longer period of time. And I use Trusty. It's this this particular version. He could be Miles Robinson. Miles Robinson really emerged the last Gold Cup, right? He he came in. It was kind of him and Sands, and. He's just was steadier, was doing more of it. Obviously, scored the winner in the final against Mexico. Always cool to score against Mexico, and and I think Austin Trusty can be that version. Like, okay, you're doing it for your club team now. Let's see what it looks like over a, a good stretch of time. So I like that. Miles Robinson, I think, will be in Zimmerman. I think you want to have some experience in the spine of your team. You got John Tolkien. I like Brian Reynolds. Also, Jalen Neal. I don't think the Galaxy are going to let him go, but I put him in there anyway. And then Jonathan Gomez. Obviously scored a, a, a banger against uh, Ecuador in the U-20 World Cup. I think we will see some U-20s pop into the team. We could see a Caleb Wiley. You might get a Marlon Fossey as well that gets to pop in. So we'll have to wait and see. And then midfielders, I got – this is a good one for Tim Tillman to get in, I think. I like Aiden Morris hanging, holding it down. Tanner Tessman's been solid in Serie B with Venezia. Uh, Cordoso is another one that could potentially be in this one. I like Ledesma, Mihalovic, Paxton Aronson. Uh, I could see him squirting his way into this one, assuming Eintracht lets him go. And then I got Ferreira, Vasquez, Kate Cowell, uh, Jamo, Smooth, Taylor Booth, and Haji Wright. Though so I could see potentially a PFOC, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you go with another attacking option from the U20 World Cup that ended up doing well. So, so I think there's some fun combinations of players that could really kind of take that next step. And I think the Gold Cup is a perfect stepping stone to trying to crack into the first team, like we've seen with some other players, Miles Robinson, most notably, yeah. and Matt Turner, right? Matt Turner turned the Gold Cup into becoming the number one and really challenging Zach Steffen the last time around. So I don't know what you have changes wise there, Heath, but um, yeah, we, we can, don't have your graphic. I, up. I think we, I think we got mine now. I think okay. uh, uh, we don't have mine now, but I can read, I can read mine off. Let's see. I have, I have Zach Steffen, Sean Johnson and uh, Drake calendar and go, I've got Zach Steffen because I'm like, he's not going back uh, on lo- loan, but he needs, he does need a permanent hmm. move. You think so, Stefan gets the full month, huh? So for me, it was a full month of like, okay, you're not going to start these first couple games. Cause I, I, you know, I did, um, I did, uh, Confederations Cup and then went into the Gold Cup. Confederations Cup, uh, was part of the 23, but didn't play, went mm-hmm. straight into the Gold mm-hmm. Cup, played every game. Uh, for me, that was like, I was bordering in that sort of 23, but there was still fo- more for me out there than just sort of the summer off, right? So, I went into that. I think Zach Steffen, this could be one where he gets some starts in goal for the national team. And ultimately, this helps make a move. I'm thinking through this holistic lens versus just like, you know, who do we play? I've got DeAndre Yedlin, Brian Reynolds, Paul Areola. That's not mine. Um, I, I don't think I put him in there anyway. I don't know where that came from. Maybe it's a little mixed up. No, this is all this is wrong. Um, well, tell us. I'll, I'll read. I'll read you mine. Uh, I've got uh, Aaron Long in, at, in the back. Austin Trusty. Reggie Cannon, Dewan Jones, John mm-hmm. Tolkien, Eric Palmer Brown, and I've got Chris Richards again 
uh, and this one, just because uh, another guy that that I think could benefit if his if his situation like if they sell Anderson or Gay at 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 um, at uh, Palace. Palace, okay, he's back in whatever. If not, I think this could be a good opportunity for him to get a good string of games versus being just an A team guy that's not really knocking on the door because he doesn't play. Uh, this could be one where where I want him. So he was one that I carried over as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Eric Palmer Brown, Tolkien. Do you as my, think, Tolkien well, just to jump in, because I think that's interesting for everybody to take into consideration. There might be some Nations League guys that are on that roster that do want to play in the Gold Cup. And yeah. I wonder if they're having conversations and saying they're going to give them that opportunity to say yes or no, as opposed to just making the oh, choice for, sure. for them. I mean, because I think, I think to your point, Chris Richards might want that 30 extra day. Like, where is he going to go get that training or be part of the group in a, in a meaningful yeah. way? Outside of like you're training with your like an individual guy somewhere <laughs> or a person to get yeah. you into, into shape. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. So but but I know I know for a fact that Eric, sorry to interrupt, but Eric Palmer Brown coming off of getting relegated with Twa, he's got to go find a new club, you know, and that that is its own emotional upheaval and, and probably moving to a new league and, yeah. and all that good stuff. So and a friend of the show, Eric. So I, I think he might even potentially turn down the opportunity to come in because he's got to figure out his life. You know, he's got to figure out what's next for him. Well, and, that's and, right. And I Again, think Zach Steffen falls into that as well. Right. But, but I think I see, I see it as the opposite. I, if I was looking for a new club, I would be coming in to do that. I would be coming in to, to help me get to that next club. I would mm -hmm. be wanting to be in that shop window to show I shouldn't be in a second division somewhere. I need to be in the first division. I need to be playing. This is a window of time in the middle of summer where you can have your agent out saying, my guy is playing. Come, come assess. Come make a decision mm -hmm, on him. Mm -hmm. And so for me, Zach Steffen falls into that. Eric Palmer Brown. I went light at right back just because I thought um, you could have a Chris Richards. You could have a Eric Palmer Brown that could play in the right back position. Uh, not Chris Richards, but uh, Eric Palmer Brown. Yeah, you right, could play right. in a back three. Just trying to be a little bit lean there. I've got Cardozo, James Sands, Mihailovic, Brendan Aronson also in this one for me. Uh, just because mm. he's another player where, again, I would change this based on where he ends up uh, this summer if they go down. But uh, if they go down, I, I think I have start, them in this. Don't they start a little earlier if they're in the championship? I don't know. It's Yeah, but to me, it's more of like, should he stay? This is an opportunity to get his consistent minutes. I just I just like the idea of keeping him in the national team for the summer because he's got he's got the legs, he's got the motor, he, you know, like he he has the ability and we want to I, I think this could really help his confidence. So I've got him in there. Um Aiden Morris, James Sands, Timothy Tillman, Tanner Tessman, who's also been playing really well this year. And then in my front forward sort of world, I've got Boyd, Ferreira, Booth, uh, Brandon Vasquez, and Josh Sargent. So because I think Josh Sargent could be the lead of that one, get a good run of games. Brandon Vasquez in behind him. Maybe you play with two strikers at some point. Ferreira also, like you could work through that in the way that we have in the past, where, you know, at a minimum, you're coming out with two games each, maybe each of them playing in three matches and things like that for the national team. Yeah. I think what's interesting too, is that clubs, I think would be more interested in letting their players leave for a week, 10 days for the nation's league. Obviously for the European based guys, it's, it's post their season. So it doesn't impact them all that much, <laughs> but letting guys go for a month for the gold cup, whether it's an MLS or anywhere else, that's uh, that's that's a lot different. So well, that, it doesn't matter. They get, they have to be released for, for gold cup, I believe. Right. I, I think they do, but, there are going to be conversations. You can't have like five guys from the galaxy potentially leave. Oh, that's why I don't have like Jalen Neal. Like I, I'm just Neal saying, or... I'm just saying, I, I wonder what, what's happening 
uh, in that capacity. And I wonder if that impacted some of those guys not being released for the U20 World Cup, knowing that they might be picked for the Gold Cup. So a lot to unpack there. Hopefully we can uncover some of those secrets. We're going to take our first break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we're going to talk about the U20 World Cup and the U.S. Open Cup and a whole bunch of other stuff. So don't go anywhere. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Welcome back to It's Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce and unfortunately no Charlie Davies for today, but he's got an excellent reason as to why he was getting scanned to make sure his cancer was not in his body anymore. He's cancer free. We love you, Chuck, and we're happy that that is good. Uh, also, I want to make sure that everybody knows that uh, due to popular demand, UEFA are giving you a final chance to win your limited edition UCL Elite Foot 23 kits. Winners will also receive a digital copy of the FIFA 23 video game. Time is running out, so make sure to enter now at UEFA.com slash elite. For the YouTube audience, please scan the QR code on the top right corner to enter. Go get your free jersey. Go get your free game. And you can thank us later and uh, let us know how you're doing with your foot squad. If you're building something special, maybe you're already in there. You just want the free jersey. Whatever. Go make that happen. All right. Let's talk a little U-20 World Cup, mm -hmm. Heath Pierce, because the U.S. took a really long time to get their first goal against Fiji. And they got it. And they ended up winning 3-0. We missed some glorious chances. But uh, we did what we had to do, and now we have two wins from two. We play Slovakia next. Slovakia absolutely stomped on Fiji. The scoreline was 4-0, but they had 34 shots. Didn't give up any. Or they gave up one, but it wasn't on target. And they go take on uh, Ecuador. They go up 1-0. And then after, or they give up a goal right before halftime. I think that was the backbreaker for them. And uh, there was a bombasso from Ecuador. Mm -hmm. About 10 or 15. Like, it was all Ecuador in the second half. They were excellent. They end up getting the winner. The guy hits probably one of the best goals I've seen in quite some time. And uh, the Ecuador wins 2-1. They needed to win. If they lose their first two games, it would have been, well, they still would have probably beat Fiji by a significant number and got one of the third-place spots. But this helps for them to potentially get second and dodge some of the bigger teams that are going to be out there for the knockout rounds. But the U.S. plays Slovakia next. And uh, that happens on Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And how, mm -hmm. how, how, based on what you've seen from Slovakia and how we've performed... Do you feel like we're going to go three wins out of three, Heath Pierce? I do. We played with a rotated squad in that second game, um, and it did take a while. I thought the passing sequences were really good at times. I thought there was players, a, a lack of that killer instinct until we brought Luna um, back on um, to, to be a little bit more of pulling the strings in there and connecting uh, those players. Right. But I think our first team is, is still... Uh, better than than the Slovakia team, and uh, we should be able to 
not only win, it'll be a tight one. Don't get me wrong. And and again, Fiji is not always an example because they learn from their first game, right? Like, hey, we gotta we gotta make it a lot harder. And yeah, they yeah. were not necessarily looking to do a whole lot on the other end. They were getting their two, three moments of the game, hoping for the best, and then otherwise defending like hell and defending really well. Um, and 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 that made it challenging. And I and probably you know what it's like to be. Uh, what it was like to be 18 at one point, Jimmy, or 19, where you go and you're like, oh, dude, we're going to run all over this crap team called Yeah, right, right, right. Like, we're going (laughs) to, like, like we, as pros, you do that when you play in certain games. Sometimes it's an open cup game. You can't help but have a little bit of that ego at play of, like, almost trying to reward yourself for the hard work that you did to get to this point and create that separation from other. But, like, when you're 18 and whatever, you know everything in the world. There's no mystery. So it's hard to go into that game with the right mindset um, from the start and, and know that you're going to come out with the right mentality It took them a long time to break them down. But yeah, I think the, I think the U S still finished top this group, um, after, after beating Slovakia in a tight one. Well, if they do get first, they'll play the third place team from either groups, a C or D right now, Italy who beat Brazil three, two, uh, just lost to Nigeria two zero. They're currently in third in that group. So that is gonna could be really sticky because I think that Italian team's got some really good talent. Israel is currently in third mm-hmm. or tied for third with Senegal uh, in Group C, and then in Group A, it's Uzbekistan's got one point. Uh, New Zealand has four in that one. Argentina on top, who didn't even qualify for this tournament. They had to have the tournament mm-hmm. get over to their country for them to host to get in because Indonesia uh, didn't uh, pass. Everything they, they got they the easiest group ever. Yeah, they have the easiest group ever, and so so. Like we kind of want Group A, I think, third place team. Whatever. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So we're going to run into some big, yeah. big boys at some point. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how this team performs. And and you know, Mikey Varis, the coach of the U20s, made some selections with Kevin Paredes and with Pushkas that they got called in. They're in the roster, but they're not going to show up until the knockout rounds. It's turning out to be somewhat of a masterstroke. Now it's just a matter of how do you bring those guys into the team that doesn't disrupt your flow and rhythm that you've actually created with this group. Cause sometimes if you've got a team that knows how to move in certain high pressure situations, when you take a certain player or two outs, it can really disrupt that flow. And I don't know why I always think about this one, but I go back to the round of 16 against Belgium in the 2014 world cup, where Jurgen Klinsmann elected to take Kyle Beckerman out of the team to put Jeff Cameron in because Jeff Cameron, this is a quote from Jurgen Klinsmann played against Marwan Fellaini a few times in the premier league. So he, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that always pissed me off because as a center back, that's the Brianna Scurry uh, uh, for the penalties. But but when you're a center back, the person that's that that's six that sits in front of you, how they support you when you have the ball, how they block passing lanes, how they they close down space, it becomes very predictable for you as a center back to to make your moves. And when when you have somebody that's been like that for the group stage games. And then all of a sudden you take him out against one of the better attacking teams in the world in Belgium and put in Jeff Cameron, who super talented player, but not as disciplined as a Kyle Beckerman. Right. And and, and not going to maybe do the little subtleties and nuances of a proper six. I always kind of looked at Jeff as an eight. So if you put an mm-hmm. eight in that spot instead of a six, then all of a sudden we gave up more shots on goal than any other person. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent, but I just think that it's important for Mikey Varas to kind of find that balance. And right now, obviously, two wins out of two. And mm-hmm. I'm curious, I think Slovakia will be pretty tough and they're going to be trying to vie to get that second spot or even the top spot if they can beat us by a significant number. So that should be a great game. Again, that's Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. All eyes on that one for sure. All right, let's turn it over to another cup competition. This is the U.S. Open Cup. Keith Pierce, LAFC, decided to roll out the kids and they mm-hmm. get getting beat by the Galaxy. 
uh, three to one. So the Galaxy move on. There's other couple of cup sets. We had the Pittsburgh Riverhounds taking on and beating the Columbus Crew. I actually thought good Bob for them. The game was very, very good in that particular game. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll be traveling to FC Cincinnati for. Or are they hosting that one? I don't even know. I'll take a look at that in a second. But Birmingham, I know for sure, is hosting Inter Miami. They got past Charlotte 1-0. Charlotte, in fairness, were excellent in that first half. They hit the crossbar. They hit the post. They were all over Birmingham. They had a ton of possession. They just couldn't turn it into any goals, obviously. And then they got a red card a couple minutes or five, six minutes after or double yellow after halftime. And then Birmingham just relaxed and started to play and scored a good goal themselves to win 1-0. Into Miami got past Nashville. I was a bit surprised there. Chicago Fire went into Austin and won 2-0. The Dynamo absolutely stomping on Minnesota United. Corey Beard had, what, three or four goals in that one at Salt Lake. Beat Colorado twice in the last week in Colorado, 1-0. And as I mentioned, the Galaxy beat LAFC 3-1. Any big surprises for you? Are you disappointed? Oh, man. I mean, it, big it, guys. Yeah, only because of the fact that I was tricked a little bit by their already squad rotation for the weekend. But then, actually, after having put out my predictions, talked to a few people at the club, and they're all in on Champions League. That's it. That's all they care about. Two legs of Champions League. That's the number one thing right now, putting out the best squad. They weren't going to risk a single player uh, for this one over the Champions League. It now changes like my my thoughts. Like I do think the LA Galaxy are... are sounds weird saying I said 3-1 in that game. Uh, Sorry, it was Galaxy 2-0. Uh, Pooch it, scored a... Yeah. yeah, that was that was when uh, what's his name called him a clown uh, for yeah, celebrating. Yeah. Clown too. Uh, yeah, but but now I think uh, for me, it's LA Galaxy are, are the uh, are, are the sort of dark horse in this tournament to me. Uh, Houston, I still want to stand with. Um, I still think Cincinnati uh, have that have the ability to go for that run. Um, but the rest of my bracket screwed. And I love being wrong in the Open Cup. I love when lower division teams kind of go at it Did because I, I've, I've lost. Are you the one that picked Birmingham? I think it was Chuck. Chuck picked Birmingham. Chuck. Yeah. yeah. That's a good shout just because of Jay Heaps and Tommy So and obviously being a five. Well, that's why Chuck winner. picked him. He didn't do anything other than the fact that he's friends with those guys and, and wants to give it to them, you know? Like, yeah, that's uh, fair. And, and hey. he did it right. Like, they know how to navigate it. He was right. Um, he was right. I mean, I, I went with my friends. I went with yeah. Josh Wolf and Austin. And <laughs> I don't I have any Robin friends. Frazier in Colorado. And those worked against me. Not to say that Pablo Mastriani isn't my friend, but I just thought uh, I was pulling for, for Rob. Colorado Rapids have not won at home yet this season in all competitions. Isn't that yeah. batshit crazy? That's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think the Galaxy rolled out a good, like, a very, very good team. LAFC did not. Uh, we just saw a photo there of Ricky Pooch taking off his jersey like Messi did when he scored in El Clasico. And uh, for those that don't know, Giorgio Chiellini, the Italian center back that plays for LAFC called Ricky Pooch a clown at the at, when he was walking by uh, at, in the mix zone because why would Ricky Pooch take his jersey off and do the messy celebration when he's playing against basically the second or third team from LAFC? It's pretty you know, though, you know, Jimmy, I, I'm, I'm just I'm listen, it, adds, that, it adds to the rivalry, honestly. That honestly, added a chapter here. Don't for me, you represent LAFC. LAFC have every choice of who they want to play. Greg Vanny complained about the fixture because they're playing on a Tuesday after a Saturday. It's a really quick turnaround. He rolled out his best team. This means a lot for them right now in the season because the team has been bad, right? Mm-hmm. If you play against LAFC and they put out that team disrespectfully to you, you 100% celebrate. Now, celebrating in front of the 3252, that's like at your own risk, right? Like you want to go <laughs> taunt those fans? You go, you go ahead. It's the same way you get the like the hand over the ear in big stadiums, away crowds. Jordan Morris when he did the one two three four in in uh, in uh, Kansas City, like 
you run the risk when you when you when you go in front and you you taunt fans. My 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 honestly to me though, like the people saying doing it against our kids, yo, that is not about kids versus adults. That is a get about two clubs that don't like each other. And if you're LA Galaxy and you get one up, or if you're LA Galaxy, you think, oh, these guys don't want to take us serious, and you know there's schedule congestion yeah, and all sure, that sure. stuff. But like you use those moments, and that fuels the rivalry. Now, doing that, like when you put it all into one big, big like conversation, I go, okay, like I get it, I get the complaints about these things. But hundred percent, if I'm if if I was playing for the LA Galaxy against LAFC, my rival, and they put out that team and we won, I'd be just as happy, no matter who they put out on the field. That is a win for us in a rivalry. Uh, and, and that is really important. I get it. You know? But, but that celebration seemed a bit extreme. I, I listen, I love it. Cause I, I to your point, by the I way, think Pooch it has- has not been good this year, by the way, I, he has so many talented things about him. He's one of the best midfielders in the league when he's good, but man, I've seen a lot of his passes go astray in, in some of the games that I had. So, I mean, it could I, be I just wonder, a validating moment for him. I wonder what Ricky Pooch would do if he was with a team that was just better. Like, how would he look? I mean, he kind of just, he kind of just picked the wrong. Team I always wondered that about months. me, Jimmy. I wondered that about me, uh, most of my career. And then, you know, uh, but I'm I didn't just, get paid. I didn't no, get paid what he got paid to be the one I that makes it. the team better. I get you know? it. I get it. I get it. I get it. All right. It, so the quarter, it, it was Barcelona. He was there. Uh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, so the quarterfinals are set. June 6th, Tuesday is when these games are going to be kicking off. Real Salt Lake is going to host. The Galaxy FC Cincinnati will host the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Congrats mm. to them. Holding the USL championship flag awesome. nice and high and proud there. Birmingham Legion will be hosting Inter-Miami. I think they could take that scalp there. I still had Cincinnati winning it, so I got my horse in there. And the Chicago Fire are going to host the Houston Dynamo. In, in I that think I had Dynamo and, and Cincinnati in my final. You did. With the Dyna- you did. With so I think you're still Cincinnati like, winning. Um, you had, so I've, did I've, you have the Galaxy over LAFC? I think you did. No, no, no. I think Maybe I had, I, I think Chuck did. Yeah. I had LAFC because I, I had again thought that they, I think anyway, I thought that they had, Chuck had LAF. No, I thought Chuck, one of you guys had LAFC going to a final. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally regret that now. Listen, I'm just focused on the winner. I had Cincinnati winning <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm just focusing That's on that. True. And they had to get in the penalties to, to beat the New York Red Bulls in New York, but they ended up doing the job. And I think they're going to take it pretty serious i think all these teams will take it very serious obviously moving forward as we know yeah. some some clubs wait till the very end before they start to roll out their very best teams oh, but, but of those they eight, should be punished uh, yeah, teams uh, that come out and usl they should be punished like so of all the so so of all these quarter finalists i mean who do you think who do you like the best i mean i know you have your bracket but given what you saw yeah. last night and kind of given the current form i wouldn't sleep on salt lake at this point i think to your point galaxy are, are going to be taking this very seriously because it's really their only opportunity to, to win something of consequence. I think that maybe one of these USL championship teams will get through to the semis. I think Birmingham yeah. or, and or Pittsburgh. I'm hoping it's not Pittsburgh because I have Cincinnati. Uh, that one being in Cincinnati, I think that gives them an edge. But I could see Birmingham doing the, the job against Inter-Miami at home. And then yeah, Chicago, so- Houston, Dynamo, dude, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know which version of Chicago is going to show up. But if it's the one that played like they did against Austin last night, they got Where's that? Where's that game at? Do we know? It's in Chicago. It's on Chicago. Okay, so that changes the dynamic for for Houston for sure. Um, who've been fantastic at home, but Houston are really good defensively. Um, Look at Ben Olsen flipping and, those guys around. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I chatted with him a little bit when I was out in Houston a couple of weeks ago, and and he was still sort of like, "We're working, you know, we got to work through this. There's still a lot to figure out, some unpredictability, but defensively, they're really good. They're fun in possession when they have their uh, their best team on the field." Um, but, um, yeah, it's, um, 
it's uh i i wouldn't bet against them because they're the kind of team that has enough form to be dangerous in the open cup you know enough yeah. uh, like so, i mean that's where i look at real salt lake too is like at a minimum no matter who they're going to put out mastroni has them with the mentality of like at a minimum fight like fight so so um, what's interesting is you got three games you got three wins to to book your your ticket to obviously win a trophy and to win a bonus, some bonus money, but also to get your ticket into the CONCACAF Champions League in 2024. So three wins. Now you have, you can, the other, the only other way you can do it is by being awesome in the league. And that's, that's a, that's a grind for the next seven or eight months. Mm -hmm. So you got three games to get there. And I'm curious to see which team will end up uh, surviving at the very end. All right, we're going to take our second and last break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we're going to preview some of the biggest games from around the world for our men's national team player pool. So do not go anywhere. Welcome back to In Soccer. We trust him. Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce. And uh, we've had a hell of a show so far. I'm pretty excited about it. But now let's do some uh, looking ahead. I feel like we've been looking back, Heath, or I guess we've been doing our prognostications for the upcoming mm -hmm. roster. So that's definitely looking ahead. But let's get into what's coming very, very soon in the near future, the games this weekend. And the one I want to start with is the EFL Championship Playoff Final that's going to be happening at Wembley on Saturday. I believe kickoff is 11.45 a.m. Eastern between Luton Town, who have never been in the Premier League before, and Coventry City, who haven't been there in 22 years, Heath Pierce. What's interesting is when these two teams played against each other back on September 14th, relatively early into the season, it was a 2-2 result. And Luton Town were currently in 18th at that point. Coventry hadn't won a game, and they were bottom of the table. Fast forward eight and a half months later, and they're both at Wembley for the chance to get to the Premier League, and that's what's up. What, a, what an incredible narrative for both of these clubs. And what's cool for us is that our very own Ethan Horvath from the U.S. Men's National Team is a starting goalkeeper. He has got, uh, I think he's second overall in clean sheets in the championship this year. He started 37 games, and he's been a big reason why they're in this position in the first place. And we had some... Clips from an interview he did with our, our crew on the Golasso Network. And the first clip we're going to see, Heath Pierce, is his growth over this particular season. And uh, let's get his thoughts. And then I want to hear what you have to say about it. Or maybe it's not coming up. I thought we had these clips, but maybe we don't. So so talk to me, Heath, about uh, he, Ethan Horvath in particular. I mean, how, how are you feeling? I know we touched upon it a little bit with the rosters. But um, yeah, let me know. Yeah, if we, I mean, let's let's roll it. We've got it. You want to roll it? Okay, oh, he's roll young it. for a keeper, and you've played in some massive games. How how have you developed as of late? Because it feels like now you're putting in these incredible performances. You're second in the English Championship in terms of clean sheets. Uh, where where have you developed the most? Uh, to be honest, I think this this year has been the most beneficial for me. Um, because like deep down, I know what I'm capable. I know what I'm capable <laughs> of doing and showing. Um, so this year, just getting that number of games under my belt, I think was crucial and beneficial because I mean, we can all be the best training player as possible as we can be. So to get that many games under my belt this year, I think was very beneficial. So, um, you know, I just think as the season grew, um, each game I just got better and more confident and I think it not just myself as the team as well as each game went went um, you know we went on a run of 16 17 games unbeaten you know so like as each game went along as a team and as an individual we just kept getting stronger 
Um, and, you know, we this year we haven't lost two games back to back. And that's what we showed after the first game away Sunderland. We came back and responded. And that's what this team does. We respond. Um, so we just got to take that into the game on Saturday. Uh, Heath, is that an AI version of Ethan Horvath? Like, I can't. <laughs> I'll tell you who I'm not wanting my pregame monologue from. And that's probably <laughs> Ethan Horvath. But, like, what a nice. So nice. Kid. So polite. He enunciates every letter of every word. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I mean, again, uh, it's incredible to see his 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 growth. I, I I think we're always at risk now with the talent pool we have of young players that we just skip steps, right? Um, and if you go back to his career of starting in Molda, going to Bruges, going to Forest, not working out, going on loan to 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 Luton Town, a Luton Town that likely had pretty incredible odds of 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 uh, had you bet them to go up uh, this year. It's just a great like that's a journeyman story that that I that I resonate with that I associate with that I w- would have wanted to do in my career and so I think you know to, to have players like that bring that much experience from that many situations that many circumstances is amazing and and I think we said it early at the top of the show that that he is definitely knocking on the door for that starting spot right he gets this team up or even if even if he doesn't he's playing consistently and he's continuing to get better. So we didn't just see his ceiling a year ago or two years ago. He's still not in his prime yet. And he's getting better and better that I think we do have a goalkeeper there that, that could be our, our number one. Uh, you know, if, if other, if our other striker or if our other goalkeepers who are, who I think may be more gifted, uh, don't get their club situation sorted out. Yeah. I think what's interesting about this particular game is Coventry when they took on Middlesbrough in the semifinals over two legs, they didn't get a single shot on target in the first three halves of those four halves of those two legs. And they ended up scoring one goal. Now, Middlesbrough, in, in fairness for Coventry, were one of the highest scoring teams. I think the second highest scoring team in the championship. And they didn't score at all over those two legs. And so I kind of wonder which version of Coventry is going to show up in this one. Are they going to try to go out there and, and be a little bit more swashbuckling? I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to be pretty tight. So I think that Ethan Horvath in this particular game is going to have to make that that one key save. Because Coventry is going to get one or two. And, and if, if Ethan is up for those moments... Mm-hmm then I think Lutontown has a great chance of going through. Uh, Lutontown is also one of the best uh, attacking, set-piece attacking teams in the whole championship. They scored a lot of early goals uh, against Sunderland. They were down 2-1 after leg one and came back and, and deservedly won 2-0 in leg two to move on. And, and mm-hmm. Coventry are terrible at coming back from a lead. Uh, if they give up the first goal, they, they have not had a very good track record this season of coming back and getting a win or even getting a draw. So that first goal for Lutontown could be of the utmost importance. And I think at that point, then you see a different Coventry because then they're going to stretch out to get back into it. But again, I think that Ethan Horvath, they're going to need him to make one or two very big saves for them to book their ticket for the first time ever in the Premier League, which would be a hell of a story because I think their stadium holds, what, ten to 12,000 people? Mm-hmm. I just can't wait for Manson <laughs> to travel down there next year. I, I remember... Um... You know, when I had first started my career, I was trying to get it on at Rangers. Uh, I was like 19 years old and and ended up getting stuck training with a team called Greenock Morton, who were like in the third best league in Scotland, trying to figure out the work permit situation. And and I remember going to a game at a at a at a, at a team called Air, and they were saying how some of these teams in Scotland couldn't actually go up enough divisions until they had the infrastructure to support a certain level of of um, of players. I don't know if this, I'm, I'm assuming the same must exist um, 
because it exists in the FA Cup. Uh, I'm assuming it must exist for the Premier League that there has to be a, a would that be like they'd have to build like a larger stand or something like that to, I don't to know. accompany? I mean, there must That's be some mi- minimum barriers for teams to get into the Premier League just from an infrastructure standpoint, also like a sales standpoint, a revenue standpoint that you could sustain yourself um, at that level. But man, the comments are really funny of uh, uh, Ethan GPT. Uh, is pretty good, pretty solid stuff. <laughs> Go air, United. yeah. So, so Ethan Horvath, 27 year old, uh, a nice, good age. It's clearly he's taken some big steps his career or in his career this particular season. Very excited for him. And again, that game will be kicking off on Saturday, 8 45 a.m. Pacific, 11 45 a.m. Eastern time. Go watch it. And I hope that uh, we can have him in the Premier League next season. So, answer me this, everybody talking about the goalkeeper situation. Matt Turner's not playing a lot. Zach Steffen looking for a club. Ethan Horvath might be the guy, though, next year. Let's say Luton Town. Let's go. Let's 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 hypothesize. Let's get into the hypotheticals here, Heath. Let's say Ethan Horvath goes, Luton Town gets up, and he's the only one of our goalkeepers that's actually playing regularly at the in the Premier League. Okay, maybe, maybe Zach locks in with a Premier League team that's mid-table, whatever, and he gets in. But Ethan Horvath is the guy that's playing week in and week out. Do you, do you automatically, did you go roll with him? Or, or is it just because, well, Matt Turner, he's good. He's always good when he plays for us. So it doesn't matter whether he's playing or not. Like, where, what kind of precedent do you set there? And does that impact the rest of the team? I think the goalkeepers just feel like on a, they're on an island when it comes yeah. to collection. But yeah, I wanted different. to at least have that conversation because that could be a reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I, I would love for us to have an out-and-out one that's checking the box in every way, right? Brad Gazan had that for a while. Tim Howard had that for a while. Goalkeepers before that. We've never been in a situation where our one is a non-starter at a big club. It's just, I, I don't remember that being the case consistently. Mm-hmm. That was a maybe a stopgap or a window of time. Um, and so I'd love to see, for the sake of competition, Matt Turner get pushed out of that one spot. Because it's only going to look. I get Matt Turner's in an intense environment, incredible environment every single day. But you've got other people that are now pushing and should be rewarded for that. That's why I was confused between a Chris Richards and a Mark McKenzie at the Gold Cup because I'm like, Mark McKenzie hasn't been good in the national team, but he's been good at the club team and he continues to get better. And then you've got a Chris Richards who is nowhere near um, getting time on the field, and therefore, like, at what point do you reward people for their performances versus their potential versus? Mm-hmm. how you know them outside of their club environment, you know? Right. No, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. But I did want to tiptoe into those waters just for some fun. Well, speaking of Mark McKenzie, he's got a big game against Club Bruges this weekend, uh, playing for his club, Gank. Now, for everybody that's unaware, there's a playoff system in Belgium. And when you win the regular season, you you don't... What, do they get a supporter shield trophy? I don't know what they get. But but they get they might get some kind of... They get the number one seed, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But they go the top four teams, go into a separate playoff, and the top four teams play everybody twice, mm-hmm. home and away. And then the winner of that is actually the champion. Is that correct, Heath Pierce? Yeah, but you start you start with the same point gap as you did going into it. So you would ah, stay with the same amount it, of it, points. Like, for example, uh, two years ago when Mark first got there, they went into the playoff behind. They ended up tying on points with the team who finished the regular season in first. They tied on points. And I think it was because of an Anderlecht game. Um, they ended up not winning the title. The team that came into the postseason in first place has to be beat in points. So if you go level with them in points, the team that goes in first place wins. So the benefit for Gank is they went into the postseason in first place. 
Uh, and if they were to be level on points after all these games, they would be the crown the champions, even though they're equal on points. But you go in with the same amount of points as as you as you as you finish the season. So the problem with them this year is that they went in level on points without any real cushion after spending most of the season like 10 points clear of, of second place. Yeah, they finished on 75. Union got 75. Royal Antwerp on 72. And then Club Rouge with 59. So Club Rouge mm -hmm. really doesn't have any chance. Now, they're four games in, and Royal Antwerp have nine points at the top. So they've closed that a little bit. Union's got seven. Gank's got four. And so uh, and Club Rouge has three. So Gank basically has to win out. They got yeah. uh, Club Rouge away from home. Or no, mm -hmm. excuse me. Got Royal Antwerp next weekend. And they've got Club Rouge away from home this weekend. So still somewhat in their hands. Obviously, they, they Union's probably in the driver's seat in some capacity because they already have that seven point. It's going yeah. to be dicey, but it, it's a big game for Mark McKinnon yeah. in particular. For sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, if you look at, if you look at like, uh, Royal Antwerp roster, they've got Alderweireld, they've got Vincent Jensen. They've yeah, got some right. really good – they're a pretty stacked club. Um but Gank has the best like value of a young team in like top five in, in Europe in terms of like upside value for selling players. And so they've got talent as well, but they have to win out. They, they've, they've kind of not gotten it done in this postseason. Yeah. Uh, they they have to win out uh, and they need a draw between Antwerp and, and Union. I think that yeah. would be what it is for them to become champions. I, 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 I kind of want to talk about Mark McKenzie, but I also kind of want to talk about this playoff structure. Do you like this playoff structure? Because, you know, obviously MLS gets a lot of crap for, just having playoffs in general and the single table. But this yeah. one, this is kind of unique. And, and it almost gives you that second chance to potentially make a splash, uh, uh, you know, with an extra six games. Uh, how do you feel about this playoff? And how does Mark feel about well, it? I know you're close I, to Mark. I, I like it because I, I really like it because it, one, rewards the regular season. So regular season champions is a thing there. Um, but it's also I want them to get a supporter shield. Yeah, but it also sets them up for the playoffs, right? You get the advantages as opposed to just like home field advantage. But it, it still gives a little hope to the three, four, uh, two, three, and four teams, and, and I think that's kind of cool, right? We, we've seen times in the past where it's like, you know, we're seeing that now in Scotland where like Celtic are eight points or nine points clear. No one's going to catch them in the playoff, their playoff. Um, and that's the whole point of like sort of being rewarded for the regular season. So I like that because it creates some vibes uh, and some of that is European spots and things like that. Like there's a lot of implications that goes into that. Um, and the same thing happens at other points where it's like they have a middle group. That's like Europa champ uh, conference league or, you know, playoff spots where it's like positioning for playoff spots where you're a team that now has six games that you could jump into a European spot after falling short in the regular season. Um, but you get the advantage if you're the team that's already in that spot. Right. So I, I, I think it makes some really fun, um, uh, fun matches and intense matches to to round out a season uh, for sure. I I, okay. I kind of like it. No, no, I, I think it's interesting, and I wonder how that would play here. I think people people are always pissed off about something over here. Anyway, let's go to the Bundesliga. Borussia Dortmund has a chance. They have to win at home against Mainz to deny Bayern Munich an eleventh successive Bundesliga title. Uh, Dortmund. This is kind of a random fun fact. They haven't had a zero zero draw. In 122 games <laughs> in the Bundesliga, which straight uh, that stretches back to October 2019. So I don't think this one's going to be tight. I think there's going to be some goals here. Mainz, uh, in some ways, appear to already be on the beach, uh, Heath Pierce, because they have four successive defeats, which has pretty much excluded them from any kind of hope for European qualification. Uh, Dortmund have won their last four against Mainz. And if they win this, they will win their ninth ever Bundesliga title. 
And I think they're going to do it. And Gio Reyna is going to be a Bundesliga champion. And he actually scored a game winner against Mainz earlier in the season away from home. So hopefully he gets on the field and, and has some type of impact in some capacity. But it doesn't look like they're counting on him too much so far. But still, big thrill for an American player to be in this situation, Heath Pierce. Yeah, it'd be amazing. And and by the way, shout out to Sam Vines. Won't play, but we'll get a trophy if his team ends up winning this year. Obviously, coming back from that, I think it was a leg break or something like that. Yeah, that he had in Belgium. Um, but yeah, I, I it would be great, great for him, and could be the like a nice little stamp uh, for him who's continued to get minutes, hasn't necessarily played the role that he or we hoped for this year, and has been through like more than probably any player in our in our U.S. player pool history uh, in terms of like controversies that are both directly and indirectly involving him. So this would be a great thing for them to go and, and wrap this up and kind of shocking that that um, Bayern haven't found a way like usual to go, you know, year after year after year. But I guess it is that once a decade time where they uh, something goes wrong and they, they don't close it out. But it'd be amazing. I mean, Dortmund have been great. So um, it, g- it gives even more testament to the fact that like sometimes you don't change a winning squad and they've continued to win and uh, sometimes that's uh, the, the 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 consequence of that is that one of your players that you, that we love uh, doesn't get to play as much as we would hope. Yeah, so. Dortmund's been excellent post uh, winter break in, in Germany. They've just been so so good and so consistent. And obviously, Bayern haven't been playing up to their standards and made a coaching change to Thomas Tuchel that they probably regret at this point because it hasn't worked out. Uh, that's the last weekend for the Bundesliga, so that'll be exciting. Those games are on Saturday. On Sunday, though, last weekend of the Premier League, and obviously Leeds are in it, Keith. They are, they're almost getting sucked down the drain into the championship. They need to beat Tottenham at home mm-hmm. to stay up, and they're going to need a little bit of help elsewhere to make that happen. But 22 of their 31 points so far have happened at Ellen Road, their mm-hmm. home stadium. So I assume the fans are going to be way up for it, and Tottenham, I don't know which version of those guys are going to show up. All, all I do know is that Harry Kane will probably score. I don't know what the result's going to be. Uh, Tottenham's you know, obviously had plenty of opportunities to make a push to get into Europe for next season. They continue to fall down the ladder, losing 3-1 at home to Brentford last week. They've only won one of their last seven league matches. So it, it, it's uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, Arne Slot, who, who just turned down the coach, nobody really wants that job right now. So it's going to be really interesting to see if, if Leeds can take advantage of that with Big Sam Allardyce. And again, they're going to need a little bit of help. <laughs> Big Sam does not look hopeful. No, uh, he doesn't. Like, no, oh, yeah. but what, what do you think? I, I, I think Leeds wins. I just don't know if they're going to get the help that they need mm-hmm. to, to get over the finish line. And that, that would be heartbreaking to think that they did it on the last day, did what they needed to do, but then couldn't get that help somewhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about that one. It's just a tough... I mean, I had Leeds going down. When we did our prediction way back, I, I, I had them going down. I, don't, I, I can't remember how many games they had, like six games left or something when I said it, and I had them getting like 11 points out of that, and they've gotten like two. So they haven't really lived up to my expectation. Again, I was always going to lean that way just because it, it makes my stomach hurt thinking about our Americans who, you know, 30 million, 20 million, like these guys ending up in the championship. Like it's not a great look for our quality. Um to have our fingerprints, you know, DNA over so yeah, so much yeah. of this, even though you know some of it towards the end has been without Tyler Adams, they still have been, they still were struggling with him. He was just a good player on the team. Yeah, what's interesting is that only one of these three clubs, Leeds, obviously rich history, uh, Leicester City, who won the title back in 2016, and Everton, only one of those three will be in the Premier League next season. Two of those three are going to go down. Uh, Everton have never been relegated before. So that would be uh, pretty interesting. And, and uh, we're going to have to kind of wait and see what's going to happen. A defeat or a draw against Tottenham for Leeds will send them down for sure. And uh, regardless of what 
Everton or or Leicester do. And um, man, it's just that, that talk about tense. That's when everybody has their radios, you know, with their little headsets in or they used to back in the day. And uh, it's it's going to be pretty wild, but um, kind of sad, too. Right. You got three clubs with so much history and two of them are going to go down. But sometimes a step back helps you take two steps forward. And and uh, that's the cliche I'm going to use about the situation. <laughs> I'm going to put my, if I see if I see Brendan Aronson this summer and it were to happen. God, I hope it doesn't happen. I'm going to put my hand on his shoulder and go, hey, man, sometimes I'm going to quote my friend Jimmy here. It's two steps back to take <laughs> one step back to take two steps forward. That's buddy. right. That's right. Uh, He's just got to focus on the positive. As, as his wage gets cut in by 20%, you know, and doesn't want to hear that right now. But, man, I've been through it. Not very fun. All right. So, we'll obviously, be keeping our eyes. There's so many games. Uh, obviously, some big ones domestically as well. But uh, getting into the final thoughts, there's a question here. Who had the better cameo in Ted Lasso, Keith Pierce, me or Pep Guardiola? Now, keep in mind that Pep, he had lines. I just had facial reaction. I had the, holy crap, what are you wearing facial reaction. And mm. um, Pep got to say you know, a couple lines. So I think he wins by default because he gets yeah, to speak. He does, but you were in it. So you're like number one in our hearts over here, Jimmy. Um, I'm going to give you my final thought for the weekend though. Do it, um, do it. Heading into the weekend. MLS released their top selling MLS jerseys and predictably Carlos Pierce. Bella was number one. Oh, Hani Mukhtar, number two. Walker Zimmerman, number three. Zimmerman, uh, three. Yeah. I, I think he's been, I think for a few years now, he's been in the, in the, in the top list as, as has Mukhtar. Uh, Chicharito, four. Jordan Morris, five. Joseph Martinez, six. Tiago Amada, seven. Daniel Gazdag at eight. Andre Blake at nine. Ricky Pooj at 10. Um, this is the funny one for me, though. We get to 11, and it's Benjamin Bender. And part of me uh, from Charlotte, uh, FC, part of me thinks that the American fan just wants the word Bender <laughs> on the back of a jersey because it's funny. Uh... <laughs> You know, like that, like, that wouldn't be surprising, like, like a weekend bender. Like, it's just funny. <laughs> it's just the most American thing ever to have bender on the back of a shirt so that people can be like, oh, no, like it's not a play on words. You know, um, no, this is a real guy. He plays yeah. for Charlotte, bro. It's not like the six, nine, four, 20 people that put on their like uh, put it on their shirts like this is a, a real guy. But I, I think that there is probably a whole level of like frat, <laughs> frat bros were like. Yeah, I want that guy's jersey. Uh, <laughs> he really speaks for me. I love his last name. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. that guy. No, I love that. It's a great final thought. So we're going to let you guys go. Go have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. And uh, we're going to have a special mailbag episode for you guys. We'll be answering all of your questions on a special Monday show. And then we might have a special guest that we're going to be interviewing here very soon as well. So lots popping off here on In Soccer We Trust. And obviously some big tournaments upcoming with the nation's league and the gold cup. So it should be a great summer as well. So we appreciate you on behalf of producer, Des, producer, Alex, Charlie, Chuck, wagon, Davies, Heath Pierce, myself, also known as Jim, Jimmy Conrad, Conradino, cream cheese, trash can, whatever you want to yell at me when you see me on the street, have a great weekend. Dad. Let's go Leeds. Let's Woo. go Dortmund. Let's go, go Luton Town. Let's go. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you soon. Later.